Okay, we're back. Welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, I'm talking with Annabelle Lawrence, the founder of Annabelle Lawrence Swim, a swimwear company that focuses on creating bespoke to you. What are we going to talk about? Well, we chat about how she started her very own fashion brand and what the experience was like moving from graduating in a fashion degree from university to starting her very own swimwear brand. She learned a lot of lessons, massive lessons in the world of business and entrepreneurship and offers this advice to anyone who wants to start their own fashion business line in this episode. So be sure to listen to the very end because she provides so much, so much value. It's hugely inspiring because Annabelle still makes a lot of the products herself. They're all handmade to order and they're all from her own house. We've never done a fashion uh, brand on the on the podcast before and so it was so so nice having Annabelle on the podcast because I think so many people I hear so many stories of people wanting to start their own fashion brands whether that's streetwear or, or shoes or literally anything but we've never had anyone on that's provided so much insight and, and value such as Annabelle so if you are looking to start your own fashion brand this is an, an absolutely great place to start because Annabelle has built something huge just by herself so it's massively inspiring okay so that brings me to this week's shout out so if you don't remember every week we are doing a shout out to someone who's left a written review on apple Podcasts as a way to say thank you to to all the supporters that's the easiest way to get a shout out you can also get a shout out by leaving me a very nice dm or you can you know follow us on linkedin all of that stuff the links are all in the description but anyway in this week's shout out comes from apple Podcasts written review and it comes from lauren from otsu who I can't wait to actually have on the podcast. It'll be very, very soon. So keep your eyes out for that on the Instagram. That's where all the that's where all the previews and all the announcements get announced. So be sure to follow on there because you you won't want to miss it. Anyway, she says I can relate to so many of Cena's guests, having started my very own food business, Otsu, and living through and overcoming so many similar challenges on my startup journey. Cena is a great host and asks great questions. <laughs> I, particularly, I particularly enjoy the episodes with Sophie and Clara. Keep up the great podcasting. Thank you so much, Lauren. That's so kind of you to say those things. Um, the episode with Sophie and, and Clara, both very different episodes, both very good. Uh, they're both in very different areas. Sophie's in nut-based iced coffee and Clara is in internet marketing, digital marketing. They're both very interesting. So be sure to check out those two episodes because they are very, very cool. Anyways, that is the end of the shout out. So if you want to feature in the next episode in the form of a shout out, uh, the same as Lauren, you have to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to guarantee it. And without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Okay, hey, Annabelle, how you doing? I am good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. No, my absolute pleasure. Um, I was I was telling you before we started recording, I absolutely really, really wanted to have someone with a clothing business because we've had so many cool businesses on the on the podcast before, from like alcoholic drinks to what else we had. We had a platform that helps people take care of their plants. Amazing. It's just so many different things, Love but that. we've never had anyone that's like created their own fashion brand. And I know it's a really common thing that a lot of young people would want to know more about so yeah that's that's the whole like rationale behind it and have you ever been on podcast before you told me before you were on like another one before yeah I've done one but a completely different genre nothing to do with me just basically talking about someone else and someone else's reality experience reality TV experience so this really is new for me but we'll go with it we'll move I'm excited to be on here <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it is about business and it's about sort of the the sort of yeah the journey. Yeah. But I mean, I was telling you before, it, it is kind of random. Like we talk about, you can like we talk about so many. Like I asked that girl from The Apprentice about yeah. her feet pics, and <laughs> I'm not so going to ask you about your feet pics. I don't have any story to disappoint. I don't know if it came across as creepy, but I think it came across as funny. But I'm not going to do it again. Okay. In case it did, but yeah, we move on. <laughs> How about you tell us about your about your swimwear brand? Well, about my part. feet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Why don't you just do some talking for a bit? Yeah. So my business is Annabelle Lawrence. I still haven't decided whether it's Annabelle Lawrence Swim, Annabelle Lawrence of England. We're two years in, and I still can't make my mind up. But basically, my business is a luxury made-to-measure swimwear brand. So obviously, you know, like you said before, clothing brands and you know, startups like that are the one that people go for. Like they think, you know, if we're going to start a business, let's do a clothing one. So I really had to try and think, okay, if I'm going to do this, what I'm, how am I going to make it different? And it was so random. Um, the way it started, it was, I, if I'd literally just started making swimwear for myself because I'm tall and couldn't actually find anything to fit me on the high street. Um, so I was in Australia with my friend, had a couple of random girls come up to me and say oh my god love your bikini where's it from and she was like wait a minute you've had this comment a few times now let's go and take some pictures on the beach and literally a month after I got home I had my business um so obviously sticking to the true USP of why I actually started making swimmer I thought right I'm gonna do made to measure because there's so many women out there like me I'm tall you know I can't find things to fit me comfortably but I still want something that's going to look nice. You don't want to like size up. I don't know how much you actually know about the fashion industry in general, but you know, to get something to fit, you either have to get a bigger size or just deal with it. And I was like, you know, I want people to feel their best and feel the most comfortable and confident when they're wearing the least amount of clothing. So yeah, handmade to measure swimwear. Everything's made to order um, by me. And that's basically it. It's all based around like pool party kind of vibes, very out there, very, you know, Shirovsky crystal glittery and it's great. I'm loving it. Your brand really does catch the eye because it is very much out there and it does like mm. look very different. And I think the sort of brand image you're going for is very much like out there. And I think yeah. you're, you're definitely like you're satisfying that. I think you're doing a really good job of it. Thank you. But you make everything by hand. How does that work? Yeah. So, I mean, I did fashion design at university. So before uni, I honestly, for anyone listening who thinks, oh, I'd love to do that, but I can't sew. Before university, I could not sew and I had no interest in sewing. I actually don't think I enjoyed sewing until maybe my third year of university when I was on placement and I had to do it because of my job. Uh, I remember before that, my mum would always be like, oh my God, stop buying clothes, Annabelle, just make them. I was like, no, I don't want to. So anyway, yeah, I, <laughs> I have um, machines. So one of the rooms in my house just kind of managed to commandeer it, sweet talk everyone into letting me have the room. And I have a couple of industrial machines and a couple of domestic ones. So it was a massive investment, but it's just worth it because I know that having this USP of made to measure, I have to deliver on the quality. So yeah, everything's made by me, pattern cut by me, and yeah, it's great. So it started out literally because you were wearing a swimsuit, bikini, whatever that like other other women were really interested in, and mm. it was very difficult to find that sort of thing on the market. And you were like, okay, something needs to happen. Mm. Let me do this myself. Yeah, basically, yeah. So um, I so I have a background in ballroom dancing. So obviously, with 
the, you know, the costumes, it's all very glittery. It's all very, you know, in your face. And the bikini that I was wearing, I think it was a one piece um, with crystals on it. And it was like a high cut. It was completely, it wasn't out of fashion, but it just wasn't something I would see in the likes of River Island and the standard high street. Um, nowadays, you do see that style everywhere. They're very high cut swimsuits. But back then, this was like two years ago. They're copying you. Well, I'm not going to go that far, but I mean, there's not really, <laughs> there's not really much you can do, is there, in fashion? I can't exactly copyright um, a high cut bikini. But um, yeah, these girls just came up to me and they said, "We just we love it. Where's it from?" And people were shocked that I actually did make it myself. So yeah, I have to credit my friend there. She was the one who said, right, we are taking photos. This is going on Instagram. And that's, you know, the power of social media. It's literally started because I posted photos on Instagram. So you posted the photos on Instagram. What was the sort of like next steps? What was the reception of them? Like, yeah, walk me through that. How'd that happen? Yeah, so obviously at the time I was still in Australia. When I got home, I just thought, well, why not? I didn't really know what I was doing with myself. I'd just finished university, taken a bit of time out to travel and didn't really want to jump straight into the commercial fashion industry. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to just start this business. Had no idea, no business experience at all. But I started with what I would have thought most people would start with, which was just to make an Instagram page, um, get a bit of traction that way, try and post some content. And then I thought, well, you know, if this is going to turn into something, if I'm actually going to make a go of this, I'm going to have to get some experience somehow. So did a bit of Googling, did a bit of research and then found that the Princess Trust had a business enterprise course. And I was actually on holiday at the time when I discovered this course and I was away with some friends taking photos in my bikinis, like for my swimwear. And then got in touch with the Princess Trust and they were like, oh, well, can you do this course? It was a, a free, which is amazing, free three-day course in Manchester. So it was, you know, where I live. And it was the few days back after I got back from holiday and they were like, right, you know, we'll teach you marketing, we'll teach you your business ideas. Well, you know, everything that basically all they wanted was for you to show up with an idea and they were going to help you get it going, get it off the ground, basically. It was unbelievable, this course best thing I've ever done for the business that's so cool so mm. you went in with this swimwear idea yeah. and how how did they kind of help you like what did they flesh out so I mean I was slightly further along than a few people because obviously I'd already made moves with a bit of a website I'd already had content yeah. photography all of that so it was a lot easier for me to present my idea because I was like look this is what I do here's you know everything as soon as you put visuals to an idea it's so much easier to get it across so if anyone you know, the, the, the course is designed for complete brand new startups. But at the same time, if you have an idea and you think, well, I'd really like to do this. I don't know where to go. I would recommend that. Um, so, that, you know, there's all sorts of exercises. You're working in groups. You're working as a whole. They force you to get up. Well, not force, but, you know, they encourage you to get up and present your ideas, encourage you to think on the spot for like a tagline and all of these other things that you think you wouldn't actually think are involved in a business startup and a business idea. Um, they taught me about finances, about accounting. They gave you um, templates for a business plan. And then basically they had all these guest speakers in, some people that were quite high up with loads of experience in various areas of business, um, which was very interesting. There was this guy who had you know, been in the marketing business for 40 odd years, so much to say. And then another guy who was much younger, who had kind of graduated from that 
um, enterprise course. So you got to hear from all sorts of people. And then at the end of it, they told you to go away, work on the business plan. And then if you were serious about working with them, you would come back to the printers trust headquarters or, you know, the, the one closest to you and actually present your business idea with a business plan. And then there was the opportunity for them to help you with some funding. So it was phenomenal. Like it was really a great experience and I just happened to come across it by chance. And now, you know, we're two years down the line I do have the support of them and I, you get assigned a mentor and I still work with them. They, they only kind of assign one to you for about a year. And then after that, people either drop off, you know, the percentage of businesses that just don't go anywhere. Um, but I'm still in touch with this guy and he helps me with everything that I might need. Yeah, it's great. I want to ask you something about the Instagram before you actually went to the mm-hmm. Prince's Trust. What was the sort of like growth, or like follower numbers? Like what was the sort of reception of that before you actually went there? I mean, we're going back two years here, but I think I'm not, I'm, as good as I am at content, I'm not a social media person in terms of, you know, how to generate reach and engagement and all of that. I'm not a pro. Um, I'm trying to learn, but, you know, there's a lot to learn. Um, I don't think it was big at the time. I think I probably had maybe two, 300 followers. It was not a lot. Um, a lot of the business and a lot of the Instagram following and was just friends and friends of friends it's all it still is at the moment because it is still quite a small business a growing business it's all very word of mouth um but then sometimes that's the best way isn't it because it's people trust it then so yeah it wasn't big at all at the start the reason why i asked you is because i I think you did something pretty cool there without Mm. i don't know if you realized it or not but you you were building an audience before you even started the business yeah and that's a really important step like validating the idea before you invest time and money into it and so if you build an audience like that's that's a really good metric for showing that there are people interested in the idea yeah exactly like i guess a lot of people would would have an idea think it's amazing but they'd have no sort of like metric to gauge this on so i like i've heard so many different ideas and i I think they're good ideas Mm. don't get me wrong but that's just my opinion yeah absolutely. like my opinion might be completely different to the market's opinion you see what i mean so exactly and how do you know unless you just put the feelers out there no i completely agree and i think another thing that's really worked for me is that obviously my business is still very much related around me so i kind of put my ideas out there through my own personal social media as well as the business and then it's a way of you know social media Instagram is the one that I primarily use it's a huge platform and it's free you know there's all these features there's all these things but it is essentially free marketing free um yeah marketing I'm trying to think of another word but no it's it's great yeah <laughs> no that's, that's literally it market <laughs> free research. it's free market research my my podcast page for instance without even realizing this i built like well they're all interested in the podcast basically because yeah. they follow the the, Insta, the instagram page but in actual fact i've built this group of pretty engaged people yeah who are very interested in business ideas as well. And so whenever I have a business idea or one of my, when my friends have one and they, they want to sort mm. of get an idea about, uh, you know, is it, would it be popular or they want ideas around logos or whatever. We, we just literally put a poll out on my Instagram and see, and, and we get such good feedback from the, from the end of that. It's actually like, it's amazing. Well, of course, yeah, because the people that follow you and that follow your page are people that are there for a reason they don't just follow you for the sake of it so it is genuine feedback that's all I do when you know you look at these business plans and I remember with my princess trust business plan 
and they were saying what kind of market research have you conducted have you done surveys have you done this and that and it was relatively old-fashioned and I was like well I'm young everyone that follows me and that would be interested in my business idea is young I'll do a poll on Instagram and that was the best kind of market research and it's instantaneous as well you know people vote straight away and you get the results straight away so rather than wasting any sort of time developing something or starting something that people might not be interested in interested in you just know straight away yeah exactly Mm. that's what i really like about my podcast instagram i guess it's the same with your instagram is like people are very engaged with that sort of thing i I get less i haven't really done it much on my personal one actually but on um on my podcast one yeah people have have given some really cool feedback and i will use it in the future for this food idea that that i've told you about so yeah i think it'd be really interesting but so you came you came with the instagrams the princess trust and then obviously they they assigned you a mentor and stuff yeah what was the sort of like next stages beyond that the by the time i'd finished the course which was only three days and then i think maybe it was like three weeks later and it was constant backwards and forwards between different work coaches and stuff as to how your business plans going by the time I came back into the princess trust to present my business idea because you know there was a lot of people on the course and there's a lot of you know they they run this course two three times a month not everyone will kind of go the distance and actually go back into the building to present so I think that's kind of a final step from the princess trust to say like yeah we think your business idea is good here's some more help um so I went back in presented that I had to bring like well they just say you know bring what you need and I brought like samples of my swimwear I brought by this point I had a website I had proper photo shoots that I'd just done with friends um quite lucky in that respect and I think as any new business startup or anyone who's interested in starting something there's no need to think oh my god I don't have the money to to start this I used friends I used you know friends as models friends as photographers I wrote my sister into every photo shoot going um and so I had all this content to show them so then from that point they assigned me a mentor I met up with him maybe once a week and sorry once a month and at this point they give you the option to apply for some funding um so again that is another long-winded process but they give you so much support and yeah it worked at least I had something behind me to to get the business going were you what were the sort of emotions at that stage like were you like nervous going into the world of business or were you sort of like really excited because it was like a reasonably new sort of world for you Mm. at this stage yeah I mean I think still now it doesn't actually feel real like I am a business person and I am an entrepreneur and I suppose most people who do tend to start a business will have some sort of intuition about them and a lot of when they say, oh, don't have any business experience, a lot of it's common sense, really. So I did take a bit of, you know, it took some of the nerves away to think, well, I know I'm not on paper a business person with all this business experience. I didn't do business at university, whatever, but I do have common sense. I know what I want and I know how to go about it to a degree, obviously. Um, So no, it wasn't nerve wracking. If it's I don't know it's it's just new isn't it I'm always learning so yeah I'm quite open to it really so the journey's been what two years two Two years years so far yeah two years how's it been for the two years was it good been good it has been good it was like you know 
quite a bit a bit amount of um, a big amount of traction at the beginning uh he did like a launch party did um a photo shoot all of this um so it had you know loads of potential loads of promise it's something really different so you know it was good and I have been busy this year obviously has completely thrown a spanner in the works uh, as a swimwear business it's not been the most ideal market but um just kind of thinking well we'll just scratch this year and what can I do differently and yeah no it's been it's been good so far it's building steadily but then at the same time I think I'm not under any pressure I don't owe anyone any money I don't have any investors as of yet so it's not that kind of it's not looming over my head that 2020 and oh I'm not advancing like I should be I just think let it grow naturally and organically and we'll just see where it goes I think it's really cool that you started without any money as well I think that's a really cool thing because I know a lot of people listening like mm. that, that are interested in clothing brands starting one I know there's absolutely tons of them out there yeah because uh, it's the one that I think people I don't know why but people are just really attracted to that and so yeah I think one of the sort of big barriers that that exists in people's minds is I don't have the money to do this. Yeah, oh, definitely. And that's what I thought as well. But then you just you just get clever and you get creative with it. You know, you use friends, you kind of call in every favor and use every contact that you might have. And actually, it works out. Like, I think if I have, would have had to pay for everyone that I've worked with or, you know, utilized, I would never make any money. I wouldn't have any money because I just wouldn't I don't know yeah I just yeah. Yeah, I don't know I just wouldn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah I just used everyone I know and you just you just get creative with it you just think well I know what I want to do how am I going to do it and most people you know if you've got the initiative to even start a business or want to start a business people are going to be interested you know people are going to want to help you out especially like friends and family and people that you love yeah so everyone's quite supportive of that even like people that you might not think would be mm. really supportive of, of something that you think, I don't know. I always had this thing of like maybe people in school might be quite negative towards it. Yeah, I don't, I don't I know loads of people mean. like care about what people think. Yeah. But this is like when I launched my, po- my when I launched my podcast, a lot of people like close friends of mine, uh, they were like, oh, do you not care what like this person thinks? Or like, what do you, oh, like what would this person think? I'm like, I actually don't like give yeah. a shit. Like really? But actually, what actually happened is that these people messaged me like, oh, really cool podcast, like, man, like, oh, yeah. it's so cool that you started this. So actually, like, people grow up. And I think people that, if you if you care about what people from school think, firstly, that's like a really, like, you shouldn't think like that, firstly. And secondly, the likelihood that they don't think like that anymore is, is pretty high. Exactly. Like, we're all adults. We all grow up. That person that maybe bullied you once or twice in school is probably going to be the number one supporter, realistically. As I've spoken to Annabelle, she provides so much value for people and entrepreneurs who want to start their own fashion business. And so I really wanted to dig deeper and find out, okay, so you've got a product now. What's the next step and where do you actually sell the product? Because there's so many avenues out there, such as, you know, Depop, eBay, even even say, you know, selling directly from your own Instagram page or even your own website. So I really wanted to dig deeper to see how she started and what channels she used to sell her products. It was, and it still is now, you know, especially especially in 2020, God, every, any order that I get is amazing. And I think, I can't actually remember my first order. I feel like it would have been a friend or a friend of a friend wanting to support. 
Um, and still now, like it's people that I know in my circle who are number one supporters. But yeah, that first order, just because you think, you know, oh, this is my business idea. Even starting a fashion brand, it's such a massive industry. So to think, well, I've thought, put all this work into it. I've thought about something that could be a bit different. Someone actually, people actually like it. That's the thing. And it's not even just the orders, which are obviously great and very, very necessary. It's every person who likes the posts, everyone who supports and shares. And there was so much going on this year in, you know, 2020 of people getting together and to support small businesses. And it's it really touch. It's just so touching because you think all these people that I maybe don't speak to are sharing my business or you think, like you said, people who maybe from school, they're sharing the business and it means so much to have that kind of support and to get those orders. Yeah, it's a great feeling. It really is. Yeah. Did you first sell on on like Depop or did you like go straight in with your own website? No, no. So I would get sales through Instagram. Um, and that was another thing. I remember being so shocked. Like I'm quite... I don't know if you call me a cynic, maybe it's just because I'm old now, but um, I personally would not talk to someone on Instagram and just send them money, you know, like send them a bank transfer. I'd at least want a PayPal or something where I'm protected and like quite, you know, skeptical. And I was so shocked at these girls who I'd never spoken to before who were like, yeah, this is what I want. These are my measurements. I need it by this time. Here's the money. I was like, what? Like these people, and I remember having this conversation with um, a girl I know who has a, a millinery company and she does fascinators and stuff for Aintree. And I remember we were talking about that whole trust thing and even like pricing and stuff. And she was like, oh, well, I, I wouldn't spend that amount of money and I wouldn't send this person money, but people are doing it to me. And I was like, that's exactly how I feel. But people, there's obviously, that's another thing with the social media and the Instagram is that it comes from a place of trust because you're running it personally whereas eventually now I am on I do have a website but um I just think people aren't going to buy from you if they don't trust you so Instagram's such a great platform to start with how did you build that trust because that's something that brands pay you know millions of pounds for in so many instances like trust is such a like it's such a it's gold dust to a brand how did you build that like I said before because I have my business Instagram and I have my personal one because I was really running the two like par- in parallel, then everything that was going on the business was going on my personal one as well. And because it is still small to the point of I can keep up with DMs, I can, you know, post progress kind of pictures, it all seemed very real and it is very real rather than just maybe the odd post or things that may be taking a while to, you know, if you have a big gap in between posts. I think it's just being, putting myself into the business really helps it. And I know a lot of other people who've done that and it, it works. Yeah, I think having like you, your face, mm. your voice, that's yeah. all really important. Yeah. Like I, from looking at your Instagram, you're in maybe maybe a quarter or even more like a third of all the of all the photos. Yeah, exactly. And like you reply, you must like reply to all the DMs and everything and it's all personalized. I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, it is, definitely. And I think it ties in nicely for my business with the whole made to measure thing because that is very personal you're taking someone's measurements if obviously it's all done online but that's quite personal rather than just saying I'm a size small here's the address so it all kind of works nicely where do you kind of see the future of that though because it it must be really tough Mm. because obviously you want to keep the USP of made to measure because that's that's so important and, and it does build into the trust element as well 
Yeah. But obviously, like you can't be the one that's making all the, all the gar- like all the the swimwear mm. like fabrics all the time. Like, how how do you kind of see that going into the future? Yeah, that's the big question, and that's really what has been the key dilemma within the last year um because it has been slowly getting bigger and I you know the the bigger it gets the more I have to be involved with going to meetings and you know presenting the business and organizing other things but then at the same time I have to sit and cut fabric out and sew so it is manageable to a degree now Uh, when it gets really busy my mum helps me out my mum sews as well so that's a godsend but in the future I really need to make the decision where am I going to really engage and keep on the USP and have maybe a staff of people and have a studio somewhere or like, you know, an industrial space? Because, I mean, the other option is to outsource everything. But then if I outsource and if I have stock, to me, that just completely disregards why I started the business in the first place. And it just puts me in with the mix of the already saturated market so yeah I mean that's why it will be a slow burner because I can't I I couldn't keep up with more than what I was getting now so yeah in the future I I would love to just keep what I'm doing and just grow and have people coming in to help me work yeah it's really difficult because it's a very key sort of differentiator of you and I think that's what makes like your you and your brand so special It's, it's, it's a stress I mean it's a good stress but it is a stress because even say if when I have a Black Friday sale or I did a few sales throughout lockdown like that, when when those orders come in, I'm like I'm solid, I'm chained to that sewing machine, and I can't do that. And I also run the social media, but then you think how am I going to keep costs down when it is still a relatively small business? I need to be running those things on my own. Like I run the social media and I run the website, and it is a lot. But hopefully, eventually, it will surge and then I can hire people and that would be great do you ever get moments and I think I suspect that you do and I know this is like a big sort of battle with a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs especially ones that are so hands-on with their with their businesses for a long time do you ever just get that feeling especially when you're like sewing your (laughs) 10th garment of the (laughs) evening you're like oh I just can't be bothered with this anymore oh my god yeah all the time yeah I think I keep referring to 2020 but that that has been quite testing um, because you think, I suppose, when you think about people starting a business, um, you tend to, the normal kind of process would be, right, finish university or finish a course, whatever, finish school, get a job and then start the business. You kind of, most people will get on the bottom of the ladder, work their way up and then think, oh, well, I've got all these contacts. I've got this experience. I'm going to try and make it on my own. And I didn't do that. And a lot of well not a lot of the time but now and again I do think oh well what if I'd have got a job and done it a different way then maybe I wouldn't be stressed maybe I'd be in a different situation and it you constantly battle with yourself and I think working on my own not having you know any kind of business partners it's it's a constant battle in my head and it it, it is stressful and it's very overwhelming at times because you know I had like I said I've had no experience I've had to learn everything from scratch like I even had to learn how to do basic coding and that is just nonsense um but yeah it, it's stressful yeah I don't know anybody who just starts a business and thinks oh this is brilliant this is going to work I'm going to be a millionaire and you see all these success stories don't you and these people who oh a year and a half later have hit the million pound turnover like that's not the norm for a lot of businesses so I just need to constantly remind myself of that but Annabelle to your like first point like mm. 
if you did say get a job and then you like obviously you might have kept this going on the side mm. but i don't suspect that you would be able to especially because you're so hands-on with it mm. like there's all you always have that feeling of like regret i guess or like what if because yeah. like you said right like, what if i got a job but you i think you know you'd have the same feeling if you did get a job no i know it's just yeah it's very different but this is just i don't know yeah it's just different I think you always think the grass is greener, don't you? Yeah, well, I'm starting this like business as a side thing. So I've got my full-time job, but I'm doing this as a side thing. Yeah. And I I really do enjoy doing side projects. I think yeah. they're really fun. And if any of them take off, then I don't know if my job listens to this, but <laughs> I would like probably leave yeah, exactly, <laughs> if it yeah. does take off and, it, and if it requires more of my time. Yeah. But I had like a business at university but then um obviously like now i'm in my job but i'm starting like things on the side yeah so that's my sort of plan towards and i guess a lot of people that because we've got a lot of audience at different stages and i think some of them that have finished university and they don't know what to do next yeah whether to go down the business routes of starting their own thing that's the sort of route you went down so yeah yeah, yeah. what would you say to those sort of people the jobs are always going to be there it is hard and especially obviously i know you work and you've interviewed all sorts of different genres and people from all sorts of backgrounds but in terms of fashion it is a hard industry and you know for me when I was when I just finished university job offers did come in and I got all you know these different commercial fashion brands wanting to interview me and I was like I just don't know if I'm ready for that yet like I've been at university for four years I think if you've got a business head and you've got something that you want to do just go for it because most people do have a have a, a job and a side hustle but then you could be what 30 odd 40 odd by the time you actually make that your full-time business and at least if I've tried it young and if all these other people who are having the same sort of thought as me just go for it and then if it doesn't work out you're still young enough to get back on the ladder so that's what I thought I, I wasn't really sure what sector of fashion I wanted to be in and obviously a designer I didn't know where I wanted to work I had this idea of what I wanted to do in my head so I just thought well yeah just go for it I'd just say to anyone go for it because like I'm exhibit a you don't need money to start something yeah talking more specifically about fashion mm -hmm. what do you kind of see as like big sort of trends either in your market or like other markets that you think are really cool in what respect do you mean like actual fashion trends or trends in terms of business well both like really the, the the trends that you see like businesses that you admire going in or things that you think you know there's there's room to be exploited here me with trends obviously anyone who if any listeners are in the fashion industry or they have an interest in fashion trend prediction is a massive thing and you, you look at when the catwalks come out and everything it tends to be filtered down from catwalks i think in terms of fashion trends in general just go with what you want to see you know there's there's a trend at the moment the trend market is just enormous there is literally something for everyone there isn't any more like oh this is the one style that you need to wear and you're not going to be fashionable if you don't wear it so I just think for me I when I work on my own collections and look at my own kind of trends yes I'm aware of what's on the market at the moment and what's predicted for next season and next year but at the same time just kind of what do you like what do you want to see on the market and if it's not there already, great, you can put it into the market. And that's what I did with the made to measure with the high cut fashion. I'm not saying I started that because that's, you know, 90s, that was all in the catwalks in the 90s. But I just think with trends in actual fashion, just do what you want, really, because 
there's always going to be something someone that loves what you do and there's always going to be someone that hates what you do and that's the same with any of the big fashion brands you know you look at the absolute monsters of the fast fashion industry say you've got pretty little thing you've got boohoo misguided all of those there is literally something for everyone on those websites and i think more and more brands are appealing to a wider audience and it's brilliant it's really like it's now fashion is just more versatile than ever it's great and i think the, the study you're going into is that you're making it really inclusive yeah which is something that that wasn't really around before no, i guess and i think that's a really really positive step for mm. for fashion as a whole yeah definitely i mean now if you look at brands social medias and brands websites they are doing a lot more inclusivity sort of campaigns and really appealing to you know plus sizes tall short whatever there's a lot of shape at the moment um but i think with mine i always had the mentality of why should people change their bodies to fit into my clothes because that's the other thing that always stressed me out about the high street every single fashion brand sizes their clothes differently so you could buy you know and my wardrobe is full of a variety of sizes I have size 10 to size 14 and I just think that could really mess with people's mentality and that shouldn't be a thing and that's obviously such a key trend at the moment is mental health and loving yourself and accepting your own body you know all the body positivity is a huge thing at the moment so I want to make my clothes to fit my customers rather than them having to fit into what I'm producing. I think that's so important at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that, like, fundamentally, yeah. that's how it should be. But, it like, but it's led to, like, before, I guess, or, like, right now, mm. we're on the cusp of it, I guess. But there's been so many sort of mental health struggles because of this, and especially around girls. Oh, absolutely. Uh, men as well, but especially yeah. around girls. And it's really, like, it's horrible to see. Yeah, it really is. And I was actually having this conversation with one of my friends the other day and we were discussing like when we were younger and, you know, you'd watch music. This is so random, but you'd watch music videos and you'd look at like the women and they, they were all so skinny and maybe like the early 2000s. So skinny. I don't know if any of your listeners are old enough, but <laughs> to, to reference that um, trend, but everyone was wearing really low cut trousers and you'd see hip bones. And I remember watching something and this girl was 10 stone and we were thinking oh god she's that's I can never be 10 stone that's really big and I'm like that's crazy because women's bodies now if you look at the trends like how are women's bodies actually a trend how how is that a thing where like now people want to be more curvy people want bums whereas you know a few years ago everyone was really skinny and it's crazy how that's actually a trend but it is and it shouldn't be that's why I just think made to measure and being all inclusive is just so important. And people's bodies are just different. Like yeah. you're like, it's just unrealistic. You, really you can't is. get that sort of body shape. No. It, it's, it's just their body, but you like your body, some, some body shapes just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. No. And like, you could be the thinnest person ever, but have hips or have whatever. I don't know. Like everyone's bodies are just crazy different. And it's like, why, should you affect your mental health because a, because one clothing company says you're a size 10 and another one says you're a size 14? That's not how fashion should be. And obviously, I get that every company is different. Every company has different guidelines. But that is a, the, like the spectrum of sizing is crazy and it shouldn't be like that. And that's what I wanted to really key into when I was doing my own pieces. Yeah, you must get some really nice messages from that regard because, mm. like, especially from younger girls that are facing this sort of thing of, yeah. of body, body body positivity, 
and all of that. And, you know, their, their options are they go to brands and the brands have very sort of uh, binary, I guess, yeah. sizes where it's yeah. either like this or this. But with you, it's just so inclusive. So you must get mm. some really like nice responses. Yeah, I do. And yeah, for all, girls with all sorts of different shapes and sizes, all sorts of different circumstances. And, you know, sometimes it's not even, you know, women will message me and it's not even that they don't fit into a certain size or that, I don't know, it's like, it is a women. Obviously, I, as a woman, I get it myself. I don't know how different it is with men's clothing, but most brands, it's like, well, we have this size and this size and that's it. But then you get like, you know, with say tops and bra sizes, the, the amount of girls that come to me and say, well, I actually have like a really small back, but then a large bust and then it gets to a certain size and the company just makes the straps longer. So they just, everyone's head's a bit scrambled because you have no idea what size you are. You have no idea what size you should be. And no wonder everyone's screwed up at the moment because no one knows what they're supposed to be wearing or how they're supposed to look. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best note to end on. So I'll ask you another question and we'll make it a little bit longer. Sorry to my editor. Um, <laughs> what is next for, for your brand? Because obviously like, I really want to see it succeed and get really big. But what's, what's next in your mind? What's the sort of big goals for you? 2020 really made me alter my mindset um, because obviously being in a swimwear business is quite a pigeonhole. And even though I'm thinking, oh, well, I am such a niche, you still have to people like this year, people weren't going, really going on holiday. People weren't doing the same sort of things that my business appeals to. So in the short term, I really had to change what I was doing and I introduced kind of loungewear and I introduced other things. And I have seen loads of Loads of other independent brands do the same sort of thing because you have to appeal to what people want. So at first, I was always led to believe, you know, start a business, stick to your niche, and then you can grow. But this year has kind of forced a lot of us to branch out quicker than we might have expected. So now I'm kind of thinking, oh, well, do I have to just stick to swimwear? You know, I'd love to go into costumes. I mean, my ultimate goal, this is very far-fetched, my ultimate goal is to make stage costumes for the likes of Little Mix and, you know, these people, these bands and these artists who have these amazing costumes on stage. And I think that would just be right up my street. And that can all come from swimwear. So as much as 2020 has been a massive hindrance, it's always been maybe a blessing in disguise because it really has made me think, oh, well, I can branch out. What else could I be doing with Annabelle Lawrence? So yeah, at the moment, it is still quite up in the air. And I'm thinking because this year has been just completely unexpected. Now, it's given me and so many other brand owners the opportunity to think, well, this is kind of the opportunity to start again and reinvent ourselves. So yeah, wow. at the moment, I actually don't know where I want to be, except for designing <laughs> little mixed costumes. That would just be great. That's exciting, though. Yeah. I'm excited to see where it's going to go. And I know exciting. a lot of people listening would be very excited to, to, to follow you and to see where it's going to go next. So how can people stay in touch with you, stay in touch with your brand moving into the future? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been going on about Instagram this whole episode, but my key platforms for social media are the business Instagram, which is at Annabelle Lawrence Swim, and the my personal one, uh, because as I said, the business runs through both of them, is at Lawrence underscore. And my website is www.annabellelawrence.com. So, yeah, very easy. Long okay, but easy. sweet. Thanks a lot, Annabelle, for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people got a lot of value from listening to you. I definitely did. I hope.
podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. And thank you so much for listening to the very end of the podcast. It was a real, real pleasure talking with Annabelle. And I definitely learned so much. I've never really thought of launching my own you know, fashion brand, but it was definitely really insightful for me if I ever wanted to. So I, I really hope that you guys got a lot of value as well. And if you did, be sure to leave her a message on her Instagram saying, thanks for coming on the podcast. And yeah, you can ask her some questions as well. She was very open to those sort of things. So the conversation doesn't have to end here. Anyways, if you did enjoy, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And as a little bonus, I'll give you a shout-out at the beginning of the next episode, um, just as a thank you. We've got some really big episodes coming up, uh, really big episodes I've got planned before the new year. That's right, all the way up until the new year. <laughs> but yeah, so be sure to follow us on Instagram because you don't want to miss any of those episodes coming up. Honestly, they are really, really good. And so yeah, I'll see you in the next episode.